Welcome to FRC Media News for Thursday, January 9th, 2020. I'm Keith Tebow. I want to wish you all a very happy new year and hope you had a great holiday with your family and friends. We were off the past couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed our year-end look at news in Fall River in 2019. But now it's 2020 and we're here to move on. On tonight's program, we have complete coverage of Monday's Fall River inauguration held at Durfee High School. We also have feedback from Governor Charlie Baker on how the image of the city will now improve as a result of Fall River's new political leaders. And we hear from one of our U.S. congressmen on the current situation in Iran. But first, let's check out the news headlines of the week. Coming in again this week after a two-week hiatus and in living color, Phil Devitt from the Herald News. Phil, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you, Keith. Good to be seen. You. Yeah, we've been trying to work out the video portion of this for a while. We actually had a couple of weeks off there, so I think we've worked out the technical bugs and hopefully we'll be seeing and also hearing from uh, Phil in the coming weeks as we move on into 2020. All right, Phil, let's get right to it. Uh, Forever has a new city government this week. It held its inauguration ceremonies at BMC Durfee High School. Paul Coogan officially inaugurated as mayor. Uh, nine city council is also inaugurated, six school com committee members. And usually um, at an event like this, Phil, it's sort of like um, everyone feels good, energized, and looking forward to a new year. Absolutely, Keith. You know, it's, um, it's, you have that usual energy of new year, new decade, new me, new you. Um, but also in Fall River, uh, there's the added weight of moving on from uh, a troubled administration. Mm -hmm. um, Paul Coogan uh, taking the reins as mayor on Monday, committing to being passionate, open, uh, honest with uh, his constituents, uh, but also telling people, look, I need your help. I can't do this alone. Um, really committing to uh, being transparent. Uh, and comments from other people that I thought um, were interesting at the inauguration as well. You had um, city Council President Cliff Ponte, um, you know, saying that calling the city a laughing stock at one point, now yeah. saying, you know, we overcame it. Uh, and also uh, comments from uh, Lieutenant Governor Polito saying that we waited a long time for uh, this moment. Um, and, and Representative of Congressman Keating was there as well, said words to the same effect. So, what we have now is a new administration, but also um, state leadership and a legislative delegation kind of ready to roll up their sleeves and, and work with uh, a new administration after uh, kind of stepping back. Yeah, let's let's take a listen, if we could, of, from uh, Mayor Coogan uh, during his inaugural address on Monday. It's an honor to be standing in front of you at Durfee, where my career began, and where I am now, your newly sworn in mayor. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. From this point on, we should all be focused on one thing, how we're going to help Fall River. I say this because we've had our problems with mayors, haven't we? We have had the distinction of having eight mayors in 12 years, and despite these changes, little seemed to change. Our politics became more and more heated and personal, and we simply lost our focus. While we were distracted by politics, other very important issues like the opioid crisis, crime, infrastructure, taxes, were not receiving the required attention. It was unfortunate, but that is all in the rearview mirror now, and it's time we all moved on. We are all good people, and we can't let politics as usual continue us. 
continue. Most of us share the same values. We work hard. Some people even work two jobs. We save, we love our children, and we support our aging parents. And most of us don't have lofty ambitions. We get up every day and we try to do the best we can. We do the right thing and we never quit. We've been toughened by our tough history, and most importantly, we are resilient. We live in our neighborhoods. We know our neighbors, and we take care of each other in times of need. We are a healthy, thriving city, and we need solid citizens. Mayor uh, Coogan from earlier this week, and uh, uh, Phil, you know, again, it's, it's always those uh, opportunities where everyone says they're going to work together, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that's, that's going to happen, but um, I don't know if you were at the inauguration uh, on Monday, but uh, it seemed like a lot of people seemed to be, there's a lot of weight off their shoulders collectively, if you will, because if you said the uh, issues facing uh, former Mayor Jaziel Correa um, earlier this year, so we'll have to see how things play out as we move, move forward. And speaking of moving forward, uh, the mayor this week also started rounding out his staff that we'll be hearing from in terms of the mayor's office. Ann O'Neill Souza will be serving as uh, Mayor Coogan's chief of staff. Um, you may remember that uh, Ms. Souza was also the chief of staff to former Mayor Will Flanagan. And we're also going to have a new corporation council as uh, the mayor this week appointed attorney Alan Rumsey as Corporation Counsel. Do we know much about Mr. Rumsey at all, Phil? So uh, Alan Rumsey is uh, a familiar name to, I would imagine, some people here in Fall River. Um, he has uh, served uh, the city, um, I believe, on, on some boards, um, commissions. Uh, I don't have those in front of me at the moment. Yeah. But um, obviously, uh, is a, a, a law uh, man as well, um, working, having worked with the Bristol County District Attorney's Office uh, in the past, uh, and obviously somebody that um, uh, Mayor Coogan uh, respects uh, and uh, feels is ready to do the job that Joe Macy uh, uh, recently did. Right. And also uh, in the mayor's office as a special assistant, Sarah Lapointe. Sarah used to be a legislative aide to State Representative Carol Fiola. So she's going to be taking the role I would suspect that was held by yep. Monica Souza um, in the past. And still out there, uh, Phil, is still what will happen with the city administrator's position. I believe the mayor has said that there is a, a posting for the position and uh, there will be um, someone in that position soon. Any details on any timeline and when that could be expected? I uh, don't have a timeline on that. Uh, you know, for all indications, are that the mayor is uh, actively looking for people who are going to you know, best serve mm -hmm. uh, this administration, um, you know, and, and people who are really going to connect him with the people in the community. Uh, you know, for, for example, Carol Point, uh, as you mentioned, who is now, um, you know, the special assistant. Mayor Coogan sees this as, as the role to be a liaison with, uh, you know, community groups uh, to right. really get a sense of, of what people want to see happen in the community uh, and, and then bring that back to the mayor. So he, he's interested in people who are going to be boots on the ground, so to speak. Right. All right. Well, other items in the news this week. Um, we've, again, talked about over the years, past couple of years, the fate of the King Philip Mill and uh, project to renovate the area and create some local housing options for individuals. Well, this week, um, Joe Good uh, reports in the Herald that uh, there were some problems with asbestos 
and that the demolition, demolition has been stopped there. We talked a bit about this a while back, Phil, that there was, seemed to be delays in the project, but now it looks like it's a little more um, definitive as to what was the cause of those delays. Yeah, Keith, you know, so I guess right now where we're at, this, this appears to be a waiting game of sorts, and it has been since uh, the late fall when the state shut down demolition work at the mill site. Um, the concern being over asbestos and the obvious danger that exposure to asbestos can cause. Uh, so Mass DEP tells us that stabilization work followed. It was completed uh, at the tail end of 2019. What that consisted of was removal of asbestos from the site, uh, cleanup of debris in the area. Um, we understand it had been a little bit messy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, fitting the debris with uh, polyurethane sheeting to, to keep it in place. So it was kind of an elaborate process. Um, and now if you go to the site, there's fencing, there's red tape, there are warning signs about asbestos on the property. Uh, the developer of the site, um, remains optimistic despite setbacks. He says that he's planning to build single family homes on the property, uh, as well as public access to uh, Cook Pond. Um, but it remains to be seen, Keith, when uh, work can be done uh, mm -hmm. to resume on, on the site. Um, an investigation is ongoing with the state, um, according to uh, Department of Environmental Protection spokesperson we spoke to this week. So uh, it, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, it's unfortunate that um, there'll be delays and Usually with the delays, uh, costs end up going up, and hopefully Mr. Kafori, um, who is the developer of that site, will continue to move forward and provide that much-needed, not only housing stock, but also access to Cook Pond, which we've talked about before, that will be a, a public space for, for people in the South End to, uh, to see, and we hope uh, that the project will continue. All right, uh, uh, finally today, um, Phil, we need to talk a little shop, a little media shop. Um, as it was announced this week in the paper that the longtime Herald News building in downtown Fall River has been sold. That will mean there'll be a little bit of uh, uh, adjustment to be made by some of the staff there at the Herald as some of the editorial staff will be moving temporarily to uh, your uh, partner and sister organization, the Standard Times in New Bedford. Uh, tell us about what uh, you know about the sale of the building, what will happen for you and other reporters and uh, obviously with the hope of coming back to Fall River very soon. Sure. Um, so one thing I can say right off the bat is that Harold is, is moving its location, but it's not leaving the city. It's not closing. It's not changing its focus. It's still going to be Fall River uh, newspaper and news organization. So that's very good. Um, but, uh, you know, we announced a while back that our building had been prepared, that it had been for sale for some time. Yeah. And it looked like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're closing on a sale of the building, which means we have to be out relatively soon um, in order to keep up uh, our operations here behind the scenes. Uh, we need a place to kind of, you know, put pen to pencil and do all the computer work. And that's going to happen temporarily at our sister paper in New Bedford. Um, but uh, we're also told uh, that the company is, is looking to lease space here in downtown Fall River, obviously important to be here um, and in the meantime um, things that aren't going to change are you're, you're still going to see reporters out and about uh here in fall river you know at that government center in the schools at in, in court um and, and so that won't change um but uh so, so you know it remains to be seen where we'll end up but we think we'll end up in in a, in a more um 
suitable modern space. This is an old building. We love it very much, um, but uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's a time to evolve a little bit, I guess. So yeah, yeah. Um, but don't worry, the Herald News isn't going anywhere. Right, and I know when we spoke earlier this week that um, it was actually a good part of the building that's not even being utilized anymore. So it was uh, smart of the Herald News and its owners to. Um, you know, look at selling the building. I think one of the things that will be missed, depending on what the new owners do, is the iconic logo on the side of the building, which you see off the highway. Um, if that is taken down, which you would assume probably would be, um, it'll be uh, something that will be missed, I think, by many of us who have grown up here and driven by uh, 195 um, day in and day out. All right, Phil, what's coming up over the next few days? Uh, so we're... We're in the beginning of the year, uh, uh, slump, I guess you could call it. It's been a little quiet since the inauguration, but that gives us time to do some deeper dives into uh, you know, very important stories. Uh, and one of the ones we're working on for this weekend is uh, the latest look at the opioid epidemic and its toll uh, on Fall River, neighboring communities, and Massachusetts. So stay tuned for that. All right, sounds good. Hope to see you again next week. All right, Phil, take care. Take care. We'll have more FRC Media News right after this. Here are some job descriptions on the latest hot jobs list from the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center. Medical Office Manager, Primacare, located at 277 Pleasant Street, is looking to hire a full-time medical office manager responsible for overseeing the daily operations of the practice and management of the employees. Job number 1302528. Warehouse Associate, Kelsport Industries Incorporated, located at 22 Boomer Street, is urgently looking for a full-time warehouse associate with basic computer knowledge to ship, receive, pick orders, and stock shelves. Job number 1302536. Architectural Assistant. Stark Architects Incorporated, located at 126 Cove Street, is in need of a full-time architectural assistant to develop project documentation models in Revit and prepare design and construction drawings using information provided or data obtained from research activities. Job number 1302575. Liberty Utilities, located at 36 Fifth Street, is looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Customer Field Service Supervisor, job number 1302734. Gas Distribution Engineer, job number 1302643. St. Anne's Hospital, located at 795 Middle Street, is also looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Emergency Room Technician, job number 1302852. Ultrasound Technician, job number 1302844. For more information on these or other positions, visit Mass Hire Job Quest at jobquest.dcs.eol.mass.gov or call the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center at 508-730-5000. Welcome back. Continuing our coverage now of this week's Fall River inauguration. Nine city councilors were sworn into office this week. Among them, newcomer Trot Lee, who was the first African-American to serve in that role. It's something that we knew when we ran, you know, in the beginning, when I first, first ran, that there wasn't much of that at all, if any, diversity when it came to that. So I do appreciate the fact that 
it was it wasn't looked at in this election that they just looked at me as a person and I appreciated that because it was a predominantly obviously white electorate so I just appreciate that I appreciate that that wasn't a thing now you voted for Linda Pereira for vice president tell me why so I told everyone I literally told everyone as soon as I was elected I, I texted Cliff I talked to Linda at uh, the um, soup kitchen I talked to a few people about it that I was going to vote according to the ballot, but also I'm not going to vote for myself because I'm the because it's my first time there. So that was that. Also, another newcomer this year is Christopher Peckham, who shared his feelings about participating in the inauguration ceremony. I wasn't nervous up until walking on the stage, and then you look out and you see everybody, you see the support, um, and just ready to move forward. Well, what committees do you want to be on? Uh, public safety committee, first and foremost. Public safety, obviously, being a passion of mine, we, we, we need to address that. That's one of the top things we need to address. Now, tell us why public safety for you. Um, I work in law enforcement. I have about 18 years now. And uh, it, it, the public safety in the city, it, it's, it's gotten worse. And it needs, we need, it needs attention. Along with the mayor and city council, six school committee members also took their oath of office this week. Among them, longtime member Mark Costa, who is looking forward to working with, the, with his committee, including all the new members. So we'll have our first meeting uh, next week. Uh, we're ready to go. I'm excited about that. Um, it'll be our first group, uh, first time as a group together with our new mayor, uh, Mayor Coogan, chairing us. Uh, it's exciting times. But uh, we got a we got to shift gears and jump right into our budget. Uh, as you know, our budget needs to be presented to City Council sooner and sooner every year. We're really excited about the State Assistance Student Opportunity Act money. It's really going to be a game changer for Fall River. We're looking to do some great things with improving and increasing our number of pre-K uh, slots in the district. Uh, we're going to do some other fantastic things for special needs, expand our services for English language learners. we got a full agenda. Uh, we're ready to go. We're pumped. It's a great day for the City of Fall River. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker agrees with Costa that Inauguration Day was a great day for the city of Fall River. We caught up with the governor a few weeks before the inauguration ceremony and asked if he believes the image of Fall River will improve now that a new administration has taken office. Look, I think the lieutenant governor and I have always found uh, Fall River to be um, a terrific community. We've both been here quite a bit over the course of our previous uh, four and a half, five years. And I do think that for many people down here, the back and forth associated with uh, the mayor, the previous mayor, was just uh, a distraction and it was exhausting and it made it hard to get commitments on other things going forward. Um, I had several people here who are either on the school committee or newly elected say they're looking forward to being able to implement the Student Opportunity Act, which they believe, uh, I think correctly, has really big potential for communities like Fall River. Um, and obviously we're looking forward to working with the new administration after we all get sworn back in in January. We'll have more FRC Media News after this. Thank you for considering a homeless pet today. I hope you enjoy what you're about to see. And as always, please feel free to contact the shelter before coming down to make sure that the pets you're viewing are still available for adoption. We can be reached at 508-677-9154. Welcome to Hot Dogs and Cool Cats. Today we have Sherlock. Sherlock is a four-year-old Chihuahua mix. Um, 
He's a quiet little guy. He's a little shy. He can be kind of timid at first. But once he warms up to you, he'll make a really good lap dog. Um, Sherlock would probably do best in a home with older children or even a home with no children. He would thrive much better in a very calm, quiet home. You sit on your lap and be your best friend. If you are looking for a friend to hang around the house with on a rainy afternoon or even a sunny afternoon, Sherlock might be the guy for you. Sherlock seems to do well with other dogs and he doesn't seem to mind cats. So if you want to say hi, come on down to Forever Paws Animal Shelter and check him out. Today we have Layla. Layla over here is a very outgoing two-year-old all-black uh, cat. She, she absolutely loves to get attention. Um, she can be often very playful too. Uh, she'd be good with uh, children. She'd be good with other cats. She's here in one of our communal rooms. Um, she has a nice temperament. We have not dog tested her, but I'm going to guess uh, she would do quite well with them because uh, she's pretty even keel, pretty uh, inquisitive. So if you'd like to meet Layla yourself, come on down to 300 Linwood Street in Fall River, Massachusetts at Forever Paws Animal Shelter. Tensions continue to mount as the United States remains on high alert in its relationship with Iran. We spoke with Congressman Bill Keating this week about his concerns. U.S. does not want a war with Iran. Iran does not want war with the U.S. Iraq does not want to be the staging ground after all they've been through for this kind of conflict. And those are our allies. Uh, and it's uh, disheartening to see them in Parliament ask us to leave when we have the common interest of fighting ISIS. So uh, there's concerns not just in the Middle East, but around the world for what has occurred. Uh, America has to lead uh, and not follow. Uh, and that means acting with partners. Uh, a concern of mine that I've raised time and time again, our greatest strength as a country is the way we operate with coalitions as leaders. There's a distance now with our closest allies and we can't you know, go forward and deal with our country's security and international security without bringing back that, that teamwork that's there, that coalition that's there. That's something I've been involved personally with and will continue to. So uh, we have to move forward from where we are now, but you will see Congress act this week to take back the authority the Constitution has given them as a safeguard uh, over any kind of uh, major actions and bring our country to war. What kind of retaliation could Iran have against us at this point? Well, the official uh, you know, threats have been one of geared to the military. However, at home they have great cyber capabilities. You could see disruptions there, uh, cyber types of uh, attacks here. That'll do it for this edition of FRC Media News. You can watch FRC Media News on Thursday and Friday at 6 p.m. and online at our website, frmedia.org. For all of us here at FRC Media News, I'm Keith Tivo. Have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday.